Thank you, everybody. Kind of got that slightly nervous feel because you know something's happening, something's going on, that God's doing something. So bear with me as I shake and stutter a bit, but we'll get there. Yes, my name's Joel, for those that don't know, and this is my wife, Alina, over here who will be speaking. We're going to be sharing this morning one message, so it's Alina will get up after me and continue on with some of these thoughts. Um, but we really wanted to share this morning uh, just on what we've been journeying through, what we've been walking through. Um, so it's, it's really, I guess it's, it's personal, it's... Uh, we won't reveal too much, but <laughs> um, but it is about this again. This word "stuff" has kind of come up. It is about those sort of things. So there's a, there's a bit of a theme coming through. And what we're speaking out of this morning is really, yeah, it's the journey we've been on. It's the conversations we've been having between each other. So this, what we're speaking about this morning, comes really naturally out of that. And we've been looking at our lives. We've been looking at what's going on around us. Uh, particularly in our family, particularly with some of our friends, colleagues, people that we see on a regular basis. Um, what I'm about to say isn't about Alina and I, so don't worry about us, we're fine, we're good. But around us, and I think a lot of people can relate to this at the moment, is this constant turmoil, particularly the last few years. Um, just all this craziness, all this stuff. And this is happening to Christian people as well as non-Christian people. Um, there's this kind of distinct lack of freedom, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. And we've seen just crazy things. Mental health illness. We've seen depression. People wanting to take their own lives. Relationship breakdowns, terminal illnesses, financial problems. The kind of list goes on. When we list all this stuff of what's happening to some of the people around us, we're like, what the heck is going on? We're seeing this lack of freedom. We're seeing specifically the result of the past and how it's still having a negative impact in some people's lives. We're seeing the present life being kind of snatched away or the present being drastically changed suddenly and it's like, where did that come from? We're seeing the short-sightedness about the future, this kind of lack of dreaming, a lack of being able to kind of even dream what does the future look like for me and obviously this has impacted us because it's friends family it's colleagues because we care but we've realized as well that we actually ourselves haven't been living free we've been taking some of these things on we've been walking through with people this in a sense i guess this message is almost a little uh, kind of a continuation of some of the thoughts that shale shared a few weeks back about the stones that we carry so we haven't kind of been living free. We've been sort of, we've been tired, stressed, anxious. And we've, the thing that we've been journeying through is really going, we don't want this to be the norm. We don't want this to be how we live our lives. Because we're seeing the negative impacts of how people deal with their past, how they relate to their present, and how they see their future. So what we're sharing this morning is really what we're working through. And we're asking ourselves how... How are we seeing our past? How are we seeing our present and our future? And how do we learn from what's going on around us? How do we sort of observe and go, yeah, I don't know if I want that in my life or I'm not seeing freedom in someone in their everyday walk. So what does it look like for us to be free? 
Essentially, how can we be free in our past, present and future? Just a side joke in my head, I'm going, so in about 35 minutes, we're going to deal with past, present and future and you'll be good, but no. What we're talking about this morning is, again, some of the things we're journeying through, we don't have all the answers. This is stuff, they're really questions to pose to yourselves about these areas. Um, God's word has the answers, it also has more questions for us as well. Um, but yeah, we really hope this encourages you guys. So I just want to speak from Scripture, Galatians 5.1. It says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. As we read through this, we realised that this sort of past, present, future idea is kind of contained within this Scripture as well. So as you can kind of see, it is for freedom that Christ has. There's something Christ has done in the past. Set us free, stand firm. Standing firm is about now, the present. Don't let yourselves be burdened again, future. And what we're talking about this morning isn't just the slavery, slavery of sin. We can be burdened by our past, our present and our future. It's the things that have happened to us. It's our mindsets, it's everyday life. These things can be a burden. So what we really want to talk today about is about being deliberate. And it's in, within this scripture, stand firm, do not let. Those are deliberate actions. Deliberately stepping into freedom that Jesus has given us. So the question to keep asking ourselves is how can we be free in our past, our present and our future? So we've all got a past. If we didn't, we wouldn't be here. We would be the past. And we've all got good things in our past. We've all got ugly things. We've got bad things. We've got the stuff we want to forget. We've got the things we reminisce about, the things that we sort of embalm with a golden haze. The past is in the past. That's a groundbreaking thought, I know. But it has a funny habit of still affecting us today. It shapes us. So how we acknowledge it or move on from it or remember it is actually really vital. Being deliberate or standing firm in freedom, I want us to not just look at the negative things of the past. We can tend to go, oh, that happened and that happened and that happened and now I'm in this really bad place. As Christians, we get to kind of choose and get to see God's perspective of what's happened in our past. And I want to get to this thought of, with the past, do we celebrate or do we mark the moments that God's done great things? Do we actually remember the good or draw inspiration from what God has done? A really good example of this is in Joshua 3. Uh, God's caused the Jordan River uh, to stop flowing, or essentially he's pushed the river right back up near a town somewhere so the Israelites could cross on dry ground into the promised land that God's given them. The interesting thing what God does is he then instructs them through Joshua to gather 12 stones from the Jordan and set it up as a memorial. It's really interesting. The the scripture here I find really interesting in, in Joshua 4, it says... 
When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. It's a really interesting idea, and the Israelites do a lot of it. They change names of places. They recognize that God's been in that moment and has done something, and they mark it, and then they pass that knowledge on. They say, we need to remember this because God did something amazing here. So how we mark the things of our past is really important. I think the lesson from my own life is I don't even need to be big things. I haven't parted seas and walked through on dry land. Maybe metaphorically I have. For me personally, um, there's, a, there's a few instances I can think of that I kind of set aside in my mind as memorial stones or things that I go back to where I go, God did something pretty powerful then and it reminds me that God can do something powerful now. An example of this is I'd been a Christian for probably maybe two years. Grew up knowing about God, the idea of God, going to Sunday school, doing all those things. Uh, but didn't have a revelation of God until really until I was about 19, 20. So I'd been a Christian for a couple of years following God, but I really struggled with depression. And it would really weigh on me, really get me down. And would feel incredibly alone. I was in quite a big church and quite often it would just feel like, what am I doing here? And those guys, everything seems to be good. Those guys are going great and I feel rubbish. What what the heck is this? And I remember like standing in my upstairs lounge room. I live with a good mate of mine and we, we were renting a little townhouse near Flinders University. And I was just emotional, I was crying, I was just, I was so down in the dumps with depression. And I remember just going, okay, I'm just going to go to scripture. And I ended up opening to Psalm 13 and how that had this incredible impact on me. Because it was David speaking and as we know, David goes through a lot. And there's a lot of depression in there. He's hiding in caves, he's on the run, he's, people are wanting to kill him, kill him half the time. And he quite often starts with this sort of where he's at. And in Psalm 13, he, sort of, he says, how long, God, will you forget me? I remember reading that just going, yeah, that's how I feel. The amazing thing about David is he always comes back to this, this notion of, but, but I trust in your unfailing love. So, that moment for me is, is a memorial stone because it's something that I go to when I know even in my darkest moments, God can break through, God can do something. Consequently, it means that he can do something again. Psalm 77 verse 12 says, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. In Psalm 9 Verse 1, it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. It's that recounting. It's telling the stories of what's God done. What's God done in your life? What's he done in the past? David says in Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does for me. So this kind of idea of memorial stones, it's, it's not about living in the past. 
It's not about nostalgia. I'm a very nostalgic person, by the way. But It's about saying that, as in the negative thing, I will not take with me. I will not be burdened by it. But this, what God's done here, I will remember. I'll be inspired by. Let the good things that God's done in your past inspire you to move forward. Be deliberate about what to hold on to and what to let go of. This is something Alina and I have been working through. Like what's, we're, we're looking at our behaviours and our actions and the way we respond to things and going, Hannah sec, am I just repeating some of the things that we're seeing in other people around us? Are we going down a similar path here? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to shed? What do we not need to repeat But what do we need to hold on to? What are the good examples of things? What are the things that have happened in our lives that we need to hold on to? So what are your memorial stones? What of his work are we deliberately pondering and standing firm on? It's the things that free us rather than remind us of our failings or of the hurt, of the pain. What are the moments you can point to, big or small, that remind you God did that then he can do it again. One of the other things we've been talking about a lot and obviously in the theme of this message is the present, what's happening now. And it's an interesting, uh, I guess, notion in today's world because we always seem to have somewhere else to go, somewhere else to be. Where we are now isn't good enough. What we have now isn't good enough. Need the next thing. I need to do something else. We're caught up in today's busy lifestyle that advertising lets to keep selling to us. We buy into it. Oh, I'm so busy. Busy becomes our identity kind of thing. It's that rushing through life is who we are. I'm so busy. I'm in such a rush. Work, bills, family, check Facebook, Check Instagram, respond to that, respond to emails. What is that person doing? What is that person doing over there? I've got to meet that person. I've got to pick the kids up. Da, 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 da. One of the things Alina and I realised is that with all this stuff going on around us, we were not being present. We would come home from work, fall on the couch and just go, oh, just just want to get the weekend here. Just got to get to the weekend. We were rushing from one moment to the next, which seems silly. We live in a beautiful home. We live in a beautiful community, and we're kind of just letting it all pass by, and we're not stopping and appreciating it. For my job, I have uh, the privilege of meeting and working with uh, many First National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So I get to travel around a bit. I get to uh, be with communities in urban areas, but also communities in in very remote areas as well. Um, We're in Northern Territory, and uh, one of the guys we met up there, we had this really interesting exchange, which was kind of humorous, but it really got me thinking. He said to us, yeah, when you white fellas come up here, you're always rushing everywhere. You always got somewhere to be, something to do. You just you walk quickly, like 
We're like, what do, you, what do you mean? And he's like, you can't chat. You can't have a yarn. If you're rushing everywhere, you're not present. And I was like, huh, yeah, that's interesting. He's like, you've always got an agenda. Just sit down, have a chat. I'm like, oh, okay. As I thought about that more, it was really interesting because for that community, you know, that idea, because people were coming in and out all, all the time. Government people were coming in with agendas, school, te- schools and teachers are changing all the time. There's constant in and out of these communities. And there's very few people that actually stay and embed themselves in a community. What he was getting at really was about relationship. If we're so busy rushing to the next thing, we're not actually being connected. I guess the other thought there is when we rush through life, what are the opportunities, what are the things that we actually miss? One of the other experiences I had up there was just sitting with a a traditional landowner up there and, and meeting him for the first time and it was really interesting because uh, and you sort of get you get told about a few cultural things about the, the way to interact with some people and for the first 20 minutes we just sat there and no one said a thing it was about being present and when there was time for something to say or some dialogue he just wanted to know that I was cool just to sit there and just watch the world and be present not hit him with a bunch of questions. The thing, I guess, is that life can change in a moment and we're hearing first-hand experience of those sort of things this morning. Tomorrow is not a guarantee and that can be a scary thought or it can be an empowering thought. And I, re- I guess what, I, what I'm really getting to here is, is what do we have to be thankful for? Not ignoring the circumstances. It's not about going pushing things aside like that. But it is also asking the question, what do we have to be thankful for? I shared this next thought at um, a VIP huddle a few weeks back. And it comes from Ecclesiastes and it's from the message. And I just really love how it puts it. It says, seize life. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. It's all about being present. You can't sit and eat and be rushing. Well, you can, but it's not very enjoyable. It goes on to say, yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Wow. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colours and scarves. Relish life with the spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. There's, there's the uh, Solomon's kind of pessimism, I suppose. Make the most of each one. Make the most of each day. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. Alina and I started to deliberately stop. Started to deliberately enjoy our home more, sit out on our front balcony, just watch the birds. Going on walks, walking around a community, appreciating it, stopping and saying hello to someone. (laughs) 
actually having a chat with someone at, you know, we go to Gore Street Cafe a lot, actually getting to know the owners. The interesting thing is we're not free if our hands are full. And by that I mean if we're so tightly holding on to the past, we can't actually seize today. There's purpose for today. We quite often think, oh, I used to have purpose then, or I'm going to have purpose in the future. Today, we have purpose now. Don't get caught up in the rush. Some of you know this. Some of you are probably, I think, quite good at this, of just appreciating what you have and not getting caught up. Asking the question, what does today hold? Seizing that. Today is God's gift. It's about making the most of it. In a really practical sense, it means if you've got a word on your heart, give it. Don't wait. Don't go, oh, tell them next time. What if it's for right now? Invite someone for lunch now. Don't wait for three weeks down the track. Do those things that God's speaking to you now. Christiane did it this morning. She said to feel like God's speaking right now. That's a present moment to go, God's doing something. Am I going to rush through with the agenda? Or are we going to listen to what God's doing and consequently are people's lives going to be changed? Walking in freedom in our present will consequently mean we are dealing with our past and looking to our future from the perspective of a free person. It's about choosing to walk in the freedom Christ has given us now. Choosing to walk in that now. Doing what you can do now. Seizing what God has for you now. So I'm going to pass over to Alina. And she's going to continue these thoughts around the present and give us some very practical things. Please welcome Alina to the stage. Just while I give myself a second to get organised, just turn to the person next to you and say, you are so good looking. Off you go. all true it's all true all right so we're talking today about freedom and deliberately stepping into the freedom that Christ has paid for us when he died he paid the price for our freedom we have been freed if we're a believer today you are free however I don't know that we always live in that freedom I don't know that we're always deliberate about stepping into that freedom and so as Joel said, this is, uh, this is stuff that we've been journeying through. So if I get a bit emotional today, just bear with me. We haven't arrived, okay? We, this is stuff we're still walking through now, but we've seen some stuff and we've seen some things happen as a result of the things that we've been putting in place. I'm going to be talking really practically about some really practical stuff and you might think, oh, okay, that's really very basic. Yes, it is, but It's powerful and um, don't get me wrong, when we do practical things, those things in of themselves won't create freedom. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit but we do need to be putting things in place. We do need to be 
deliberate about seeking the Holy Spirit, getting his guidance over our life and stepping into that. So we're looking at the present and how to be free, how to claim that freedom in our present. You know, last year we had so much turmoil going on around us. I I won't go into it, but it was just, it was overwhelming with the people around us. And because I care about these people, I found myself picking up their stones. This is Shale's metaphor, because I cared. Um, But I was never designed to carry that stuff. Um, And I got to the point probably at the end of last year, I just felt like I had nothing left in the tank. I I just felt like I got nothing left to give. I'm feeling a bit dry, feeling a bit empty. I was stressed. I wasn't sleeping. (laughs) I was finding myself feeling a little bit... um, yeah, like I was rushing here and there. I was getting headaches. It wasn't, wasn't great. That is not a symbol of living in freedom, right? <laughs> yeah? And circumstances around us can be happening, but are we being deliberate about stepping into that freedom? So I realised that if I was going to deliberately step into that, I had, I had to shake some things off um, And I had to start thinking about myself as a whole person. And this is where I'm just going to get really practical. I was just thinking about my body, my mind and my spirit. Just taking it back to basics. Whole person. You know, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Because I was feeling stressed, I probably wasn't looking after myself very well. So coming into this new year, I decided to change a few things. I decided I'm going to drink more water. I'm not drinking enough water. I need to drink more water. I'm going to go for walks because I know that's good for me. I'm going to start thinking about eating even healthier than I am now. I'm going to start actually reducing my coffee intake. Look, don't get me wrong, I love a good coffee and I still drink it. (laughs) But coffee increases the heart rate and my heart was already probably beating a little bit faster than it should be. So I thought, no, I'm going to reduce my caffeine intake. That's going to help my body. Um, Before I went to bed at night, I started to prepare myself for sleep. I would dim the lights about half an hour to an hour before I went to bed. Dim the lights, get off my phone, turn that thing off, shut it away make sure I'm actually mentally preparing myself for sleep and actually doing those things. I actually started drinking a nice herbal tea before I went to bed, like a nice chamomile tea. This might sound really unspiritual, what I'm talking to you about right now, but you know what? The scripture says my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is spiritual. It's really practical. And by putting those things in place in my present, I'm actually improving my ability to be resilient, I'm getting better sleep, I'm feeling less stressed. It it actually, when we don't look after our bodies, we can't be as effective for what God has called us to be. Really practical, but simple. In my mind, in the present, you know, in Romans 12 verse 2, 
verse 2, it says, Do not copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think and renewing your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, it got to a point, and I'm just going to confess to you, last year, because we were just having so many things going on, every time the phone rang, I would immediately think, what's it going to be this time? What's, what's it going to be this time? That was before I'd even picked up the phone. That's not being free. I was starting from a place of deficit before it even began. That's not healthy. God doesn't want us living in that place where we're starting by thinking, oh, what's it going to be this time? That's not living in freedom. So I had to start doing some things deliberately to change my mind. And we started doing some more declarations at home. You know the declaration we did today? We started doing declarations at home. We actually started really small. And in the morning, before we go to work, we'd look at each other and say, what are we believing for today? What good things that God is going to do are we believing are going to happen today? And name three of them. Off you go. <laughs> we'd make each other do that. And then we'd look back at the end of the day. Did those things happen? How did it go? So we started to actually deliberately speak positive things before they happened into our present situation. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above. Philippians 4.8, fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? So make declarations. We started making declarations. And, and you know, as we've done that, my, mind shift, my mindset has shifted. When the phone rings, I don't think... What's it going to be this time? I actually think good things because I've been deliberate about changing that part of my mind. I'm transforming my mind. You know, there's a quote that says, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Can I ask you a question? How much have you downpaid? What's it costing you? These are questions I've had to ask myself. God does not want us living in that place of worry. He wants us living in a place of freedom, absolute freedom. He paid the price. When it comes to the spirit in the present... James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it joy when you encounter various trials. Yay! <laughs> wow. That takes spiritual maturity. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm quite at the place where I start to consider it joy when I experience trials, but I hope I'm on the journey and the pathway toward that because I'm investing in myself, in my spirit, so that I can go on that journey. But... You know, it's interesting because even this year when we've consistently had bad news with the people around us, our perspective has started to change. Our perspective has started to change. It's not why me, 
It's God, you're able. And, you know, there's something that I discovered last year. Last, every year, Joel and I pray and we ask God, what's the theme for us for this year? And last year, our theme was rest. Seemed kind of ironic because it was not about rest. But you know, you know what I learned through that process is rest is not about my circumstances. It's about my perspective. And God, yes, he will do miracles and does do miracles and does want to change your circumstances, but he also wants to change your perspective. That's hard to hear. But he wants us to lift our eyes on him through it all. Haley spoke a great message last week about Jesus in the boat in the middle of the storm. He was able to sleep right through it. He was in a place of rest because he had a perspective he knew his work wasn't done yet. So when we think about the present, think about your present. Where are you right now in relation to living in freedom, in the full freedom that Christ died and paid for you for? Are you free in your body, in your mind and your spirit? Are you walking in those things? Are you being deliberate about putting those things in place so that you can be free? Or are you a bit like the caged lion where the the cage has been opened but you're still standing in the cage? We need to make adjustments so that we can step into that freedom. We need to ask the Holy Spirit for help. It's not about doing it on our own like I said up front. It's about working with the Holy Spirit, our helper, to help us to step into that freedom. Lastly, I want to talk about the future. The future, being free, having freedom in our future. Do you allow yourself to dream? Or has it gotten so hard that you've given up on dreaming? Joseph had a dream, Genesis 37. He had a pretty awesome dream. Wow, it was amazing. Gosh, did he get a reaction from his brothers when he shared the dream. Didn't he? Wow. And you know Joseph, with his dream and what happened and what his brothers did to him, led to circumstances that he did not, that were outside of his control, right? Things happened to him. They were outside of Joseph's control and it looked really, for all intents and purposes, like, man, this has gone south. I don't, I don't know too many people that are able to recover from rejection like that from, from family. Yeah? Most people don't move on from a past like that. Joseph could have got stuck and he could have become bound by his past and what happened. He could have given up on his present situation, particularly when he was in jail, and he could have stalled his future. But we know the end to Joseph's story. What an amazing story. What are your dreams for your future? For your family's future? For this community's future? Your dream 
it doesn't have to be something grand. Not, not everybody can be the next Oprah, okay? They might be really simple. But what are your dreams? What are you doing to invest in them now? Our future is built on many small decisions in our present. They make up an investment. We need to be deliberate about our growth and seeking opportunities to sow into the future. There's a quote that says, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. It's not too late. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. What are you hoping for? What are you dreaming for? What are you believing in? What are you speaking into? Again, on that declaration thing, Joel and I didn't just start declaring what we're expecting for today. We started to declare what are we believing for for our future? What are we believing for for our family's future? What are we actually believing that God's going to do in this community? And we start declaring it and we start building each other's faith and we start encouraging one another and we start prophesying into the future and we've been deliberate about it. And you know what? I believe we're planting seeds for the future by speaking these words. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. What are you saying about your future? What are you saying about your future? Is that investing into the right thing for the future? I just want to get the musos up, actually, if we can. That'd be awesome. So as as I come to a close, I just want to... really bring it all together and and just say, are you living in freedom? Are you deliberately stepping into the freedom that Christ has already paid the price for? Are there things that are holding you back? Are there things in the past that you need to let go of? Are there things in the past that you actually need to celebrate and remember more often so that you can actually be living in greater faith for today? Are there things that we need to embrace for today and do a little bit differently so that we can fully embrace the freedom that Christ has paid for us. What are we believing for, for our future, our community's future? John eight thirty six. if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Hang on, if the sun sets you free, you are? If the sun sets you free, you are? Come on. Come on, we need to live in this freedom. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and life to the full. To the full, not to the half full, not to the mediocre, not to the victim. We're not to be victims. We are to be the victors. We are not to be the victim to our circumstances. We are the victors. Christ has paid the price. Come on, church. Come on, church. No longer we are the victim. We are not the victim. We are the victors. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to get you to stand. We're going to stand. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for us that you died, that we might live in freedom, that we might have abundant life, that we could actually step into all that you have for us, Lord God. We thank you, God. 
God, we let go of those chains. God, we let go of those things that have been holding us back. God, I pray freedom over this congregation today. Lord, I just pray that you would break chains. Things that have held back people for years would be broken in the name of Jesus. God, that people's lives would be transformed, that we would be transformed from the inside out. God, that our community would be transformed as a result, Lord God. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. If if you are struggling with an area that you know you're not living in freedom and you want to step into that freedom and you want prayer today, I want you to lift your hand. I want you to lift your hand. Guys, I want you to get around people. Surround them. Just put your hands on them. If someone's got their hand up, lay your hand on them and I'm going to get you to pray for them. Pray for people this morning that God would just, that the Holy Spirit would be there, that would comfort them and that would guide them and help them to walk deliberately in the freedom that has been paid. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.